0: I want you to think about something. Pastor Josh stood up here this morning with four Bibles sitting on this podium. I don't know if anyone even has a thought to go to him this morning and say, Pastor Josh, I want one of those words of God. And Pastor Josh, um, you know, you said you had 150. I, I gave him a suggestion of where we could take them. But, but the thing is, here's the, here's the thing. In other parts of this world Josh couldn't stand here like that and offer what he offered you heard what they consider missionaries around the world they consider them terrorists they consider them committing treason and anyone who has a Bible who has a Bible in their possession hear me a Bible in their possession is um, convicted of treason against against their country. And we don't think about that. We choose not to think about that. We are comfortable in our country. We are comfortable in our homes. We are comfortable with our Christianity the way it is. But there are people all around this globe that are risking everything, including including their lives. Pastor Hahn lost his life doing what he was called to do. And so as we take just a moment to go to prayer over the persecuted church, over the pastor Hans, and over and over the disciples, over the disciples that were made in his in his ministry, and the ministry of many others who are in that part of the world where it is a crime to have a Bible, where it is a crime to share your faith. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our dear and most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, um, Lord, I thank you for what you did for us at the cross at Calvary. Lord and um, Lord, you gave us you gave us a bridge back to God the Father, and uh, and Lord and and Lord, you um, you gave us the one true gospel. You gave us the good news. News that news that as as the gentleman from North Korea stated, a message of hope. And they, they are now hopeful of their relationship with you. And Lord, Lord, it is it is a prime example. It is it is a it shows us how much this place is not our home. Lord, we are blessed to be in this country. We are blessed with the freedoms that we have. There are many that have given their life for the freedoms that we, that we are able to um, enjoy. But Lord, there are still people all around this globe who are being persecuted for their faith and, Lord, you told us that that would happen. You told us that we should not be surprised by that. But yet, Lord, I think in this country we have been lulled into a, a sense of um, a sense of safeness and security. And, Lord, we, we don't, we don't, um, I, don't I, I don't think we want anything to do with Persecution i don't know what i don't know what the majority of us would do if persecution came but lord i am thankful that there are some around this world who have forsaken all who who deem their own life worthy of nothing apart from you and lord they have they have chosen they have chosen to follow you into some of the most difficult places in this world, into places where it is a crime to have a relationship with you. It's a crime to have a Bible. It's a crime to share you. And Lord, there are people in prisons. There are people being tortured. There are people being killed for their faith. And Lord, I just lift each one of them up right now. Father, I pray that you would make your presence known to them and lord that and lord that we the we the church in the western world would not take for granted the freedoms that we have would not take for granted the bible that we carry with us to church every sunday morning that we would not take for granted the opportunity that we have to read your word, to study your word, to have Bible study in one another's homes. And Lord, we don't, we don't in this country, we don't have to worry about the military showing up at our door and taking us in the, in the dark of night. Where in some cases, never to be seen again. On this side of heaven. So Lord, I just, I just pray that you would forgive us of our apathy. Give us greater empathy. Lord, and that you would do around this world. Lord, thank you for Operation Christmas Child and the opportunity that we have to, to reach out to children all around the globe. Lord, an opportunity, an opportunity to tell others about you. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you in your most precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter. Peter's a very, very interesting fellow in many ways. 1 Peter Peter 1, the the very beginning, Peter says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, an eyewitness, an eyewitness of Jesus Christ, an eyewitness of of what Jesus did here on this earth, of what Jesus, of when Jesus went to the cross, of Jesus um, dying on the cross, shedding his blood, of Jesus being buried in the tomb, of Jesus rising again on the third day, all of these things... Peter was an eyewitness to. But let's go, back to, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little further with Peter. Peter, Peter was a fisherman. He was a Galilean fisherman. And, and many would say an unlearned man. An unlearned man. A fisherman who was called by Jesus to leave all and follow him. And you know what? Peter did it. But Peter struggled all through his journey with Jesus. He struggled with things. There was a time when he rebuked Jesus for what he was saying and what he was teaching. And you remember that Jesus said, get behind thee, Satan. And then he told Peter one time, he said, you will be sifted by the enemy you will be sifted by the devil and then when they when they went to arrest Jesus what did Peter do he cuts off a man's ear cuts off a man's ear and then and you know Jesus told Peter that when you are when you are pressed over your knowledge of me you will deny me you'll deny me three times And Peter did exactly what Jesus said that he would do, which was exactly what Peter said he would not do. And he denied him. And then then Jesus went to the cross. He died on the cross, buried in the tomb, rose again on the third day. And Peter got to see the risen Lord, and he got to see him in a close and personal way on a beach. On a close and personal place on the beach where 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 Jesus actually restored Peter after his denial. You remember all this? Okay, I'm not the only one that remembers all this, right? So so you've got, and, and, and there he is, and he's saying, and he's saying, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three different times, Do you love me? And Peter wasn't truly getting it, but but there was a conversation there, and what and, and what was being stated in that, in that moment was Peter was being, um, Peter was being prepared for what would come next. And you remember his, you remember his message after the Holy Spirit came there at Pentecost? And oh, just a few people got saved. I think the church had 3,000 added to it that day. Yeah. And then, and, and then. You remember Peter going into Cornelius's house, and and Cornelius, Cornelius's whole family getting saved, and and you remember and you remember Peter up on the roof. You remember Peter up on the roof and this was just before he went to Cornelius' house and the, and the sheet was lowered down and Peter was hungry and all these different animals that he had been told and, and, and basically what he was being told was, if I created it, how can you call it unclean? And what he was talking about was he was talking about people more than he was talking about food, but he used something that was very near and dear to all of us and that's what's going to go in our belly. And so and he used that to talk about, to talk about people and, and, and that you, who are we? Who are we to say who the gospel is for and who the gospel is not for? And Peter, and Peter just, you know, all these different things, all these different things. You would think, you would think that it would come to a point where Peter would say, ah, I'm tired, I'm done. I'm finished. Do you know, do you, do you know how much I hear that? On this side of the world? On this side of the world. That I feel like I've done my part. I feel like I've done enough. I think I'll leave it. I think I'll leave it to a to another person, or I think I'll leave it to a younger crowd, or I think I'll leave it to whoever. Do you know how when when when, when we think about and and I don't know how much you think about the persecuted church. I don't know how much you pray about the persecuted church. I don't know how much, you, how much you think about what is going on around this world other than your little world and my little world and oh, how little our worlds are when we choose not to. But Peter was an eyewitness to what Jesus had done. So here we go. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bitnia. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you searching what and what manner of time the spirit of christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. May God bless the reading of his word. And, and Peter Peter is now, you know, they try, to, they try to date this thing. And you know how they try to date it? They try to date it by who was in power in Rome. Who was in power in Rome. And, and where and where most of them settled, though there were many places they could go, most of them settled that it was during the time of Nero. It was during the time of Nero. Nero would be the one that was, um, that would start a fire in Rome. Start a fire in Rome and blame the Christians for the fire, okay? Um, and that's fire report by Pete, okay? But Nero would also be the one that would have Paul beheaded, that would have Paul beheaded. Nero. Nero was in every way against the Christian, was in every way against the Christian. So we're talking probably the mid-60s A.D. to the late 60s A.D., Somewhere in that that time is is how we date this. And and Peter is writing, writing, though Peter was called to be where Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. um, Peter was called to be the apostle to the Jews. The apostle to the Jews. Yet yet in many cases, on many fronts, Peter Peter actually shares a message, writes a letter... To in this case to the churches in this region, which is by the way modern day Turkey, modern day Turkey, and and though Turkey is an ally, ally an ally of the United States, Turkey is still Turkey is still pushing back against the, against Christ against the gospel. You remember um, Andrew Brunson. Andrew Brunson was a pastor in Turkey and was the one that went to prison for a couple of years. For what do you think he was charged with? He was charged with terrorism. He was charged with being a terrorist who was committing treason against uh, against the country, and and he, and and that you you know plotting uh, plotting against the government and all of that. That's where it goes. And then so so this area, this area has always, now you got to remember, if you think, about, think back to Paul's journeys, to Paul's journeys, the, the gospel has gone all through this region, all through this region of the world, through Paul's missionary journeys, and, and, so, and so here Peter is, and, and, and look at what he says, look at what he calls them, and I want you to, to kind of let this word sink in, he calls them pilgrims, they're sojourners. Okay? And and you know what? He's not only he's not only talking about because you know what God's word is timeless. He's not only talking about the folks that are that are here right now. He's talking about the folks that are here right now. He's talking about he's talking about this group of pilgrims. This group of sojourners saying, "You know what? This world is not our home. This world is not our home. But but how did the gospel how did the gospel go forth? How did the gospel in so many ways go forth? You know, we could flip back here, we could flip back here to one, back just one little book to James, James 1, 1, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, okay, because a lot of scattering, a lot of scattering was going on during that day. Hey, by the way, are you ready to be scattered because of your faith? You ready to be run out of your house because of your faith? You ready to go with only the clothes on your back because of your faith? Where would you go if you got scattered from this place? You don't have a clue you do not have a clue. You know why I know you don't have a clue? Cuz I don't have a clue really. Cuz I don't have a clue where where I would go if I was run away because of my faith. And I've been I've been blessed to get to go to other places in this world to share the gospel. And the only time, the only time we had to run, the only time we had to run because of because we were there was the time when they tried to give cookies to some kids and they didn't have enough and a mob scene occurred and had we not gotten in that vehicle and drove off as fast as we could drive off I don't know that we'd have made it through that just because we didn't bring enough cookies that's the reason you got to you have to understand there's not enough there's not you can't carry enough but you know what is enough you know what there is enough of there's enough of the gospel there's enough of the gospel praise God that, that, you know what, we can bring it, we can bring it, we can share it, we can leave it. And guess what? Somebody else can pick it up and they can share it. Somebody else can pick it up. And, 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 and you know what? This is the group, this is the group that he's talking to. Now, Now he gets specific about this part of the world. He gets specific about this part of the world where where, you, you know, he's talking about, talking to the churches in those places. There is debate, there's debate about everything. I you know what I you know what I think, and that's the only what I think. So it doesn't mean mean a whole lot, okay? But but here's what here's what I think. I think when there's not enough when there's not enough work being done, there's a whole lot of time, there's a whole lot of time to sit around and talk about and debate everything. Okay? And 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 so some would say that Peter was talking to the Jews that were dispersed in this area. Others would say that Peter was talking to the church, and that the elect and that the, the exiled elects, the exiled elect, flows all the way to today. Because, you know what? Yes, the Jews are God's chosen people. But guess who God's chosen people are for this age? Guess who God's chosen people are in this age? The church. The church is God's chosen people in this age. And look what he says. Now, we're going, we're going into an interesting place. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Go with me to Romans 8. Just a moment. Romans 8 29. Romans 8, 29 says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay, so I'm going I'm to, because, because again, because again, it's verses and, and things like this that lead to a conversation, that lead to a conversation that happens among a whole lot of Christian people a conversation that leads to that that leads to this conversation amongst many uh, many christian people and that is the conversation of the conversation of calvinism versus arminianism okay and i want you to understand that those two words that i just threw out split many churches today split many churches today i'm going to tell you this i'm going to tell you this Hyper-Calvinism, hyper-Arminianism is heresy, okay? It's heresy. When you get on both extremes, you are on the heretical lines of that. But I'm going to tell you that, you know what, you can be, a, you can be this and you can be this and, and we can come together and we can worship and we can praise and we ain't got to split churches because of it, of where you stand on what you believe about this. Because, because the, the danger the danger on the hyper of either one will be the extreme that says that, you know what, it's all about God's sovereignty. It's, it has nothing to do with free will. It has nothing to do with any of us making a decision. And, and God has elected who he will elect. They are the ones that are going to be saved. You don't need to worry about it because they're going to get saved anyway. Why did Peter go to Cornelius' house if it mattered for the gospel to be shared in that place? And so I tell you, that in the conversation, in the conversation about the elect, about preordination, about foreordained, about foreknowledge, about all of those things, does God know who's going to be saved and who won't? Yes. Of course He knows that. Because He is an all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, unchanging, eternal God. He knows who is going to accept Him. He's, no, he, he's not surprised. He's not surprised when, when someone comes to Christ. He's not surprised when somebody's lived, lived a life of, of everything but, and all of a sudden they come to Christ. He's not surprised by that. But I still believe that the word is very clear, that you know what? There must be a preacher. I'm still very um, confident that without a witness, that without a witness god's plan if if it if it wasn't meant to be this way i don't believe there'd be the church age i don't believe there'd be the church age look what it's going to take look what it's going to take to bring israel back to the place where they need to be i happen to be a pre-tribulationist i happen to believe that the church has gone before that comes if you happen to be mid-trib or post-trib you might even be an amillennialist. who knows all those different things but but So he goes on. This is what he's talking about. And and in sanctification by the Spirit, you know, sanctification is a process of being set apart. Sanctification is a moment. Sanctification is also a lifetime. Sanctification, the Holy Spirit, the the Holy Spirit began the work. The Holy Spirit continues the work. The Holy Spirit will do the work. For obedience and that, that obedience in this case is talking about the obedience of Jesus all the way to the cross and the sprinkling of blood, of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what? They sprinkled blood all back in the Old Testament. Blood, blood mattered. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no forgiveness of sin. Praise God. His blood was enough. Praise God. His blood covered all of our sin. And because of it, and because of it. We can be cleansed as white as snow. It's the only time that the wash rag will come, the white wash rag will come out clean. It's because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and that's just his, that's just his intro. And then he goes, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy." has begotten us again to a, to a living hope. You know, we talked in Sunday school this morning. We, we're in the book of Matthew. We talked in Sunday school this morning about an empty hope, did we not? We talked about what it looks like to be hopeless. You, you, you know what? You know what? The folks that live in those places where the gospel has not, has not yet reached, we know that everyone knows that there is a God simply by creation. Simply by creation, they know that a God exists. But praise God when the gospel, when the one true gospel is shared in those places. And the hope of Jesus, and the hope of Jesus, a living hope, because we have a living Savior. A living hope because we have a living Savior. Based upon God, based upon God wanting a relationship with His creation. God wanting us, God wanting us to spend an eternity with Him through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And you know what? Because because Jesus did, because Jesus did, we one day will do also. We one day, we one day will experience a resurrection of of this mortal Of this mortal body, of this corruptible body, into an incorruptible, immortal, glorified body. That will come one day because of what Jesus has done. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. And what is that inheritance? What is that inheritance? Eternal life. Jesus, Jesus brings with him eternal life. There are, there are things awaiting us in heaven that we could never, ever imagine. There are things that are incorruptible. There are things that are undefiled. There are, and you know what? There are not many things like that in this world, if any. Okay? And, 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 yet, and yet we have this because of what Jesus did because of God's mercy for us. who are kept, who are kept by the power of God, who are protected by the power of God, who are sealed by the power of God. And Carter, and Carter, I love you, my little brother. Those are the most beautiful sounds. From that mouth to my ear is all I can tell you. Okay, back to work. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Now you know what? Now you know what? There's a day of salvation for every person that will call upon the name of Jesus, that will be saved. There is a day of salvation. And by the way, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you know what? I can't make you, I can't make you accept Jesus. I can't shove Jesus down your throat. I can't drag you well, I guess I could, but I won't drag you to Jesus. I'm just going to do everything I can to share the truth of the gospel with you and give you an opportunity to respond. And by the way, if you're wondering, if you're wondering what the church is waiting for, the church is waiting for people to get saved. The church is waiting to see God do what only He can do in your midst. We're kept, we're protected, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, by God, by the work of God for the salvation, you know, because our salvation is being played out each and every day, is it not? Is your salvation being played out, or is your salvation, has your salvation gone stagnant? Has it, has it kind of hit a lull? Has it kind of gotten into a valley? Or, or is your salvation something that, that praise God, that praise God? People see it every day in you. You can't help but share it. In this you greatly rejoice. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. For a little while. Now, by the way, a little while, you've got to define a little while. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, I want you to understand how long a little while might be. I have no earthly idea how many days I will live on this earth. My wife was so glad... My, my wife was so glad to see me make it past 57 years old, she couldn't see straight. Okay? Now, I'm going to take the smile off your face for a moment. My father died at age 57 from heart disease, from a heart attack. And, and, and the thing is, and, and you know what? If, if heredity and, and, and all of those things, genetics and all those things play into it, then, then you know what? I just wondered what 57 would be like for me. I'm 59 now. Okay, so who knows where we're headed? Okay, only God knows where we're headed. Only God knows where we're headed. But, but let me tell you what this, t- this little time, this, this little while is talking about. It might be the rest of your life here on this earth. A little while could be your entire life here on this earth. A little while could be for a, a month. It could be for three months. It could be for a year. It could be for the rest of your life. And you sit there and you say, how fair is that? Why me? Well, why not you? Why not me? Because, look at this. That the genuineness of your faith, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes... Gold that's tested by fire, and, and because of the test that it endures, it, it, is, it is determined to be pure, and all of those things, that, that these testings, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise. In other words, our, the genuineness of our faith being tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When is the revelation of Jesus Christ? When is the revelation of Jesus Christ? When he comes back. Okay, when on the second coming of Jesus Christ, that you know what, our faith has been tested and we will give him praise and we will give him honor and we will give him glory no matter what has happened in this life. No matter what has happened in this life. Because it's not about this life. This has just giving us time to be busier about his work. Are we busy about his work? Don't answer. Just hang on to that one. Let that one. Let that one sit for a little bit. I want that one to be the crockpot effect. Whom, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with it joy inexpressible and full of glory. Do you remember the conversation he had with Thomas? He told Thomas, he said, t- you know, after Thomas, see, Thomas was the one doubting Thomas. You remember him? You remember him after Jesus had resurrected? You you know, he he said, this is what he said. He said, unless I touch the nail prints in his hand, the nail prints in his feet, unless I touch his side where that spear went in, I'm not going to believe it to be true. Folks, I won second place in the state of Virginia in the Publisher's Clearing (laughs) House giveaway the other day. second place you know what that you know what that means two and a half million dollars and a 2019 BMW that became a 2019 Dodge Durango in the midst of the conversation me and that guy had conversation I even changed my changed my route and went home and went home. And I even let him, and I even let him lead me to a 7-Eleven. Okay. And I and I'm telling him the whole time, I'm telling him the whole time. See true. You're illegitimate. You're telling me a lie. And he's telling me, he's telling me that he's a Christian, and he's telling me that he's a deacon. And he's telling me this, and he's telling me that. And 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 on and on and on and on and on. And I said, it's going to cost me somewhere. This conversation is going to cost me somewhere. And I found where. And that's where I. And by the way, have you ever been have you ever had somebody get mad at you because you refused to accept $2.5 million in a 2019 BMW that turned to a Dodge Durango in the midst of the conversation? This guy got mad at me. This guy was mad as a hornet that I would that I would think that he would not. Be telling me the truth, but like I say, they wanted five hundred dollars for the um, claim receipt. <laughs> yeah, Becky, Becky's hearing some of this for the first time because, yeah. Um, anyway, um. <laughs> folks, there are some things. There are some things in this life that are too good to be true. There are some things in this life that are not true. Period. Not true. Isaac had just said, Isaac had just said probably 10 minutes before that, before that moment. I think it was 10 minutes before that moment. He said, they want your bank account, and they're going to take you for everything you got. And then I'm in the midst of a conversation where they want to fill my bank account. Yeah. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Don't you want this? Folks, there are some things that are too good to be true. There are some things that seeing, seeing, seeing is believing, no, that, that doesn't even count here. It really doesn't. I mean, there, there were three people coming to my house. One was a U.S. attorney. But here's the thing. Thomas, Thomas, however he did it, whether he actually touched or whether he only saw, Thomas said, I believe. And you know what Jesus said to him? Thomas, you believe because you've seen. But greater are those who will believe that have never seen. And you know who he's talking about? Here we go. Here we go. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church that, that our faith, our faith. And it says, yet believing you rejoice with joy and expressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you looking forward to that? Are you looking forward? You know what? Your faces speak loud in your words, okay? I just want you to know. I don't know if, I don't know if, we're, I don't know if we're as looking forward to it as we think we are. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time, that spirit of Christ. Do you know that the prophets, the prophets did this job that God called them to do, and they did it well, and they did it consistently, and they did it powerfully, and they did it at the the demise of their own well-being, of their lives and everything, and all they wanted was to see a piece of it. All they wanted was to see a piece of what they were proclaiming. We can go to the book of Isaiah and we can look at the the suffering Messiah that they talked about. We can look at that. And what's so cool about this letter? What's so cool about this letter? Remember that description of Peter we had there, uh, an unlearned fisherman? There There are some that want to say there was no way that Peter could have written this book. There is no way that an unlearned Galilean fisherman could write a book like this. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of a seminary education that Peter got from the Lord Jesus Christ as they walked together. And as Peter, by the way, I left out the part that Peter got out of the boat and, and, and walked on the water until, he, until his eyes came away from Jesus and he began to sink. And what did, what did he say? Lord, save me. You know, they wanted to know. The, the prophets just wanted to see a little piece of it. They wanted to see all that they were proclaiming. And by the way, guess who was inside of the prophets while they were proclaiming? Guess who was inside of the prophets? Searching what or what matter of time the Spirit, who was, the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified before, beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, was within those, prof- those prophets. Those prophets. Now, the Holy Spirit didn't come the way the Holy Spirit came until Pentecost. But, but who God chose to put the spirit, His Spirit in, He put His Spirit in. He put His Spirit in. That they could, that they could have a clearer understanding, a clearer picture of what the sufferings of Jesus would look like. Can you, can you imagine getting that picture, getting that picture and having a hard time gathering what it really means? But, but because God has called you, because God has given you that, you proclaim it, you proclaim it as if, as if it is happening right now. You, you know, you, you, might have a few, you, you might have a few desires there to see just a little bit of it. To them it was revealed that not to themselves in other words the prophets the prophets this wasn't going to happen in their time in and, and, and in fact it was going to be hundreds of years later when when the messiah would come when jesus would come but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you okay you see what i'm saying see this group of the dispersed folks in all of these places pontius all the way to uh upon us all the way to uh, Bitnia and so on and uh, all in between. And, and, and yet also to us still being reported through God's word still and, and, and that reported to you through those who have preached the gospel, those who have preached the one true gospel, those who have preached the gospel that we can rest our lives upon, those who have preached the gospel that when we give our life to that gospel, we, we say, it's not me, it's all God. To you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven we remember when the Holy Spirit came to Pentecost we remember what now I can't fathom what that looked like in real life I can't fathom it because guess what I've never seen such you see what I'm saying do you see what I'm saying but 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 do you know what does that make it any less real does it make it any less true that just because I didn't see it, you, you know what? But it increases my faith to know that it happened. To know that it happened <laughs> to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Man, there are people that even tried to p- try to put this on demons. That this is what demons were. No, this is the, the angels in heaven. The angels that are doing what they what they were created to do. And that was to praise, honor, and worship God. To praise, honor, and worship God. Folks, Peter's writing a message of encouragement. A message of encouragement to every person that reads it. To every person that's saved by the blood of Jesus. To every person that's called according to his purpose. To every person that he, you know what, he He knows. He's got this. He's got this. I told Maggie, I'm gonna I'm say something. Okay, I got to say this. The other morning, the other morning, the only one that had that really had it together, other than the fact that everybody got up on time and got where they needed to be and all this kind of, th- but the only person that really had it together was Carter. Carter was the only one that was chilled. He just laid back. He was just laid back, not having a clue what was coming. And then when it was over, he said, "Feed me." But anyway, so. Praise God. Praise God for the fact that this is not our home. We're only passing through. We're only passing through. And there is a heavenly inheritance awaiting each and every believer. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. Take this time of invitation. Do with it what only you can do, Lord, whether it be for a person to come to a saving knowledge of you, um, Lord, I believe that work's already been done prior to them saying it. It's just the fact that they've now come to a realization about it. But Lord, that you would have your way in this invitation. Maybe people want to become a member of this church and, and join ranks and, 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 Father, get to work and, and, Father, do what you have called us to do, do what the church is called to do, and that is to take the gospel to a lost and dying world through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through all that you have done. Lord, we have a message to proclaim. And Lord, we love you. We praise you. Most precious and holy name. Amen. Let's stand together.